y'all. She lost 75% to 25%. <laughs> Do y'all know that her ass literally sent a tweet out saying that, uh, oh my goodness, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to appeal, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to appeal my race uh, because uh, surely uh, that's why I lost because of because of voter fraud. <coughs> Boom. <coughs> you ain't lose because voter fraud. You lost because you a fraud. In fact, y'all, look at this dumbass tweet. She said, first of all, Trump tweeted. Um, uh, he, he quoted some post it written. She goes, agreed. I beat my opponent on day of an in-person early voting along with absentee. However, 97,000 mail-in ballots were found in his favor. Luckily, we raised enough money to investigate. <laughs> Julian. Get that young lady. These, these people, but it's, wait a minute. The fool who lost to Karen Bass. It got worse. L let me find this tweet. Let me find it. I get first of all, these are these people who are really stuck on stupid. That's a kind but, of thing. But, 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 but what gets me is what gets me with, with these fools. This one dude, I, I gotta find this one. Hold on. <laughs> Same thing. This fool right here. This fool right here. Hold on. Let me go back. I had it. Let me go. It's really it really is funny. How they, they try to sell this fool, Errol Weber. Go, go to my iPad. <laughs> I'm going to the Los Angeles County Registrar's Office in Norwalk today to audit the vote counting procedures. I will not concede. Every legal vote needs to be counted. <laughs> um, really? no, no, wait, 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 wait. Y'all want to know how many votes he got? Y'all, Karen Bass whooped his ass 86.4% of the vote. He got 13.6%. Does this fool really want us to believe that uh, he, he going to pick up some 200,000 votes somewhere? You got the entire congressional delegate, Republican congressional delegation from Georgia basically saying to the governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, y'all lying. <laughs> they actually want the head of elections in Georgia to quit. Julian, these people are nuts. <laughs> I, like I said, Roland, that's the kindest thing you could say about it. They're delusional. One of the things, I'm glad you mentioned the Baltimore race as well as Karen Bass's race. We could also talk a bit about Maxine Waters' race. I don't know where these Republicans come troubling for ignorant black people. That's literally what they do. They go trolling for ignorant black people who do not know how to add, nor count, nor read. Baltimore is historically and traditionally uh, democratic. I, I mean, I understand having a symbolic candidate in the racist cause, uh, but I don't, how this young lady thought she had a chance, a snowball's chance of getting anything done is amusing to me. Same thing with this. So you have 13% of the vote. And you think that somehow there was voter fraud? I don't think so. Kelly, somebody on YouTube said these people have overdosed on mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's a good one, Kelly. I, I, I don't. I mean, this, 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 this whole idea that there's massive voter fraud. Donald Trump has been screaming voter fraud when he got his behind kicked by Hillary Clinton by three million votes. His ego cannot handle. He lost the popular vote. That's all this is. And the real problem is Republicans are indulging his stupidity. They're afraid well, of it. Kelly? Well, my issue is if the tables were turned miraculously and somehow Miss Kim actually won anything in Baltimore, and and the Democratic uh, nominee wanted to recount, this would not be the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the tables were turned, and, and, and there were votes that were in need to be counted, they would not be having this. It was, it's always, if I'm at a disadvantage, then something must be wrong. And it, it's incredibly frustrating to me, and I'm sure it is to the American people, when you see with your own eyes people who are literally working to cheat and not working for the people. Because this is, this is actively trying to cheat. And that's what's also funny to me. You're failing at cheating. So what makes you think that you deserve an office outright on its merits? When you fail to do the wrong thing right, so he just needs to take her bag and and go somewhere. Because if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think she lives in Baltimore City. First of all, first of all, first of all, hold on, you, 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 you know, you, look, you ain't got to waste breath on Kim. Okay, she got crushed. Here's the deal, Joseph. This, I'm, I, I need somebody who's a Republican to explain to me how. Do you stand in front of the cameras and laud Republican victories that were literally on the exact same ballot, but then say, oh, but in that race they cheated. If the Democrats cheated, they are some awful cheaters because they lost the Senate race in Iowa, Kansas, Maine, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Kentucky. Louisiana, Texas. They got, I mean, they got to be really bad at this. Because if you're going to cheat, figure you might take the Senate for with you. Obligation to the American process is devoid of the individual's personal motivations. And so we have an obligation to count the votes, which is what's happening. And if people want to avail themselves of the court process, uh, that is their constitutional right. And ultimately, uh, that is not a betrayal of the process. It actually makes the process stronger because, you know, as my grandfather told me at a young age, the only thing better than taking a man's money is making them count it before he gives it to you. So, hey, look, if people think that there is fraud, we should find out about it. There's no evidence of that. None. Again, None. The process, zero. Zilch. None. To be clear. To be, to be clear. Again. Wait, wait. Julian, wait, wait, wait. Robert, finish. Yeah, so, I mean, I think at the end of the day, look, it, here's the truth. It, there, there are going to be legal briefs that are filed. The courts will either say there is fraud or there isn't fraud. They'll say there is merit or there isn't merit. At the end of the day, either we have a country or we don't. Either we believe that we have an independent judiciary or we don't. 
Um, and so I think if we're talking about how do we heal this country, because we could have a long conversation about how do we get here. But if our goal is to heal, if our goal is to have enough people who are still bought into the system, um, that we have a country that works, then let people count the votes. Let people run around saying what they want to say. Because but, but, this wait, but wait, but you're saying let them count the votes. Donald Trump and his people were trying to stop the count. First of all, I want to show. I want to show this. I think there's there, there are people who say let them count the votes. That people say stop counting. No, 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 Joseph, 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 the same people were saying it. The same people were saying it. Depending on the state, I just think that we have to be. We have to have. If there are people that are saying things that are crazy. But we also have to be honest about where we sit right now. Number one, we're a severely divided country. Number two, there are things in the results that are statistically anomalous. Like what? Now, most of those statistical anomalies are likely due to the fact that we had an unprecedented amount of people vote via mail. Right. That does not mean that somebody did anything illegal. But it does mean that we're dealing with results that are not in line with previous results. How, yeah, no, of, of course. Yeah, of course. First of all, you can't. Again, no, hold on. No, 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 no. So, no, 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 no. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's not in line with previous results, but you just said because we also have mail-in balloting. So they can't accept the reality of that? Roland, in some cases here, Roland, I mean, some states will have an automatic recount if it's within a half a percentage point. But you have large margins. You have tens of thousands of votes. Arizona probably should have a recount. It's only 14,000 uh, votes separating uh, the two candidates. But Michigan should not have a recount. Because basically there's so many votes, there's so much of a lead that it's not going to make a difference. You can count till the cows come home. <laughs> Every time you recount, people pick up a, you pick up a vote, you lose a vote. I mean, but, because human beings but, are still counting these votes. But this this obsession that 45 has with the uh, recounts is really him delaying the evidence. Here, here's he the deal. Lost. I, 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 I want to play this. Folks of the Daily Show put together this pretty great video. Because uh, if you compare... What Fox News and OANN and Newsmax were saying today. Just y'all watch this here. Democrats are being sore losers. They refuse to acknowledge they lost the election. So what do they do? They cry malfeasance, wrongdoing, criminality, fraud. Democrats, more so than Republicans, seem to have a problem conceding defeat. Either the election system broke down or some mystery votes are hiding somewhere. You know, a whole series of Democrats. You just said bluntly, if our Canada doesn't win, they stole the election. The Dems just want to make America suffer. It's like losing the World Series and demanding an extra inning the, uh, a day later. The Democrats are refusing to accept the declared results of the national media. So how do they do this? Lo and behold, they find missing ballots. The radical left is attacking the sanctity of our votes. Refusing to accept the midterm election results. So what if these were Republicans refusing to concede. Democrats may see how they'll be able in the future to steal elections through lawsuits that if they can't win with the voters. Ramping up election conspiracy theories, accusing Republicans of outright stealing the election. Kind of rich. You know what? Sounds sore loser. Mm. Boy, that's a lot different than here in 2020. 
I mean, look, Roland, I, like I said, I, I think at the end of the day, there are going to be people that say things that make sense. There are going to be people that say things that don't make sense. I think the one thing that we should understand makes total sense um, is to allow the recounts to where they need to occur. I think most people that are talking about these results are talking about three states. They're talking about Pennsylvania. They're talking about Arizona. They're talking about Georgia. Uh, that is it. Uh, we don't really think that there's anything going to be made of what happens in Wisconsin or Michigan. No, not uh, true. Think, not true. The Trump folks. I, I think, no, no, no. You well, said look, no, no, no. That's not true. No, 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 no. No, Joseph, Joseph. That's not Joseph. Joseph. I got to give facts. I don't, I don't, I don't speak for the campaign. Joseph, Joseph. I didn't say you do, but I got to give facts. No, you said there are three. They are alleging, they are alleging six. They are saying Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. They're saying six. What they're doing, they, they filed five lawsuits. They're 0 for 5. They're continuing to file those laws. In fact, hold up. You got to throw in seven. Minnesota. They also have Minnesota in there. And so they, they, they are trying to make the argument that, oh, it's this massive fraud. Now even, you saw what happened when Bob Barr uh, made his announcement, the head of the election integrity unit was like, this is bogus, and quit. And quit. This is, I mean, this is this is how the process works. No, 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 no. No, that's, not, that's not how it works. That, that, actually, that actually is how it works. Uh, let me ask you a question. In 2016, was 2016 closer than 2020? Yes. We're looking at seventy-eight thousand votes across three states. Did Hillary, right now, did Hillary Clinton file? Did Hillary Clinton refuse to concede and file lawsuits in several in six states? Did also? Did, 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 hold on. Did, did Obama also refuse to begin the transition process? Did Obama refuse to allow intelligence briefings for Donald Trump? It ain't the same, bro. Uh, here's the thing: if you want to talk about what people chose to do, that's fine. What I'm saying is that the system works. That we have an independent judiciary, the same way that you believe that the, the, the Supreme Court will, as I do, will come back and say that this lawsuit with health care is going to be tossed out. I also believe that many of these lawsuits that will be presented are likely going to be tossed out, same as they have been already. But telling the, filing the lawsuits in and of themselves is not some type of debasement of the political process. Actually, it, it is. is. actually the problem. No, actually, it is. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. One, one second. Hold on. I got to bring in Kelly. It is a debasement of the process. Because what it is, what it is, Kelly is, it is, and when you have all Republicans in the congressional district of Georgia demanding the resignation of the Secretary of State, who is a Republican? One second, one second, one second. Who is a? No, one second. Who is a Republican? Because he dared stand up for the election in Georgia, Kelly. That's an abomination. Not only is it an abomination, um, there are grounds to argue that that was illegal because you can't, especially when it comes to lawsuits in general, you cannot bring a lawsuit to the court without evidence. Um, otherwise, it's a frivolous lawsuit and there are repercussions for doing so. So it's not about preserving um, any type of integrity or, or trying to just make your voice heard in the court because you feel like you've been wrong. This is a clear account of Republicans perpetuating a lie to keep the propaganda going. This is nothing more than propaganda. This is nothing more than trying to substantiate a lie because they are literally putting the cart before the horse. 
I know a lot of people have been saying that, but that's literally what this is. You have a cart without anything to drag it, and you're trying to find something to drag, and there is nothing there. There is nothing here to uh, to substantiate these claims. There's nothing here to purport that the lies that they're saying are even remotely true. They are literally only doing this to basically make themselves feel good and to make their lives feel more legitimate, even though well, the they're not doing, legitimate at all. The other thing they're doing is undermining our democratic system. That's what Absolutely. they're doing. So you end up, we've had uh, 70 million votes for 45, 75 million votes for President-elect Biden. Uh, this, this is an unprecedented turnout in the United States because people um, basically work very hard to get every vote out there. Folks like Latasha Brown, Black Votes Matter, and others basically work very hard to get the votes out there. But if people believe that the system is flawed, if they believe that their votes do not count, I hesitate to think about what we'll look at in 2022 or 2024. And if people really believe that there's that much fraud, and then they, they may be discouraged. And that's what 45 has been counting on the whole time. He started talking fraud in April. And he's been talking every, every time he opens his mouth. He, he, you mean, he, Ray Charles can see through this. If he basically says, <laughs> you know, I mean, if he basically says the only way the election is fair is if I win, that lets you know what's wrong. And that's when why, that's, that's why, and here's, here's what I'm noticing, Joseph. Here's what I'm noticing. Here's what I'm noticing. This was just very weird. Again, I mean, I, I just think this is just very weird. They're filing lawsuits in the same races where Republicans won. Do, do you see Democrats filing lawsuits saying, hey, is voter fraud we lost in, in South Carolina? Is voter fraud that we lost in Iowa? Is voter fraud that we lost in Maine? It has to be. The, the, the Republicans are literally saying, it's voter fraud that we won here, but on the exact same ballot, they fraudulent ballots. Here's what I'll get. And when I say Republicans, I mean president, whole administration, senators, House members, state officials, the entire Republican apparatus. Very few Republicans have actually said congratulations Vice President-elect Joe Biden. They are all, they are standing largely behind. I want to say largely, 98% are standing behind Donald Trump by saying, oh, this was fake, it was stolen, it was fraudulent. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think most people are saying it's fake. That's not what, that's, that's not certainly what I not said. what Senator, I said. Not, no, no, it's kind of what you said. I think, and no, also I Senator know what McConnell I said. Get on, did, send it, did, I did, said, other than a handful of Republicans, Hold on, you, hold on. You, this you, a hand. Hold on, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph, this a hand. This a hand. I can put them in right in the hand right here. I can put the Republicans in both of my hands when you count Senate, members of the United States Senate, members of the... Yesterday, Mitch McConnell stood on the floor of the Senate, Joseph. This is the Republican so he, he, he majority... Handful or no? This is the Republican leader stood on the floor and praised the Republicans won on the same ballot, but then criticize it, and I'm like, it, it's the same ballot. Same ballot. I, 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 that, that, I, I look, I think here's, here's the truth. The lawsuits are going to be filed if 
to Dr. Malvo's point that this is all just some scheme to undermine American democracy, then I don't know what would be more fitting than a appellate court packed with Donald Trump appointees and then a Supreme Court packed with Donald Trump appointees telling President Trump, you lost the game, like Shannon Sharp. I don't know what else you want. I mean, that's how the American system is designed to work. These people, so, uh, is, is Chris Bessler there? Is Chris Bessler there? Okay, y'all, hold on one second. Let me bring in Chris Messler, uh, constitutional law professor. Chris, seriously, I mean, uh, look, you're Republican. Can you you provide uh, some common sense to what Republicans are doing? Uh, These Senate Republicans, these House Republicans, what Trump are doing? Any any common sense whatsoever? Well, first of all, from a pure legal standpoint, the cases that have been filed so far have no merit, period. Um, And the courts have said that, look, you cannot simply come into court and say voter suppression, wide-scale cheating, without evidence. Where's the evidence? And, and, And in addition to which, you cannot simply say in the same court, stop counting the ballots, and in the same court say, you're not counting fast enough. Which is it? You cannot, in Michigan, file a case and the case is dismissed because you fail to attach the proper paperwork. Look, I, I agree you have the right to file whatever it is that you want to file, but there has to be evidence. You cannot say, as the head of the RNC, when asked, where is the evidence? And she says, give us time to develop the evidence. As a lawyer, if I went into court and did that, they'll pull my bar card. I, you, you, you can't do that. So I'm, what I'm not understanding is, if there is all of this evidence, where is it? To the extent that it exists, present it. To the extent that you have contradictory arguments, that's not going to work. And and that I I just I don't get it. I've read the briefs, I've read the pleadings, and at this point, I don't understand what's going on here. And Chris, uh, and Chris, in looking at this um, again, what makes this worse is when you have individuals who who know better. And, and what is it? Are, are they so deathly afraid of his tweets? Are they so afraid that his his cult is going to come after them uh, like the purge and just and, and and rip their hearts out and cut their uh, and just just cut, cut their guts out? Is, is that what's going on here, Chris? I mean, because I mean, again, to watch McConnell stand there and praise Republican victories, but then cashed out on the in the presidential race, like he went on the same ballot. Well, so here's here's the thing. There is some conversation about whether or not the president's going to, um, you know, say, okay, enough, but I'm going to run again in 2024. So here's the concern. The concern, if that is in fact true, is uh, Republicans believe that they will need his base to win again. And as a result of that, they're afraid.
afraid of what's going to come down the pipe. And that's, that, that, that's part of the reality in terms of the discussion. Look, from my perspective, and strictly again from a legal perspective, if you're going to sue, that's fine. You can sue, but you've got to have evidence. This is a toxic mix of law and politics that ultimately I don't think votes well. Joseph, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I, look, I agree with much of what, what, what the doctor has said. I think, again, as I started off in the beginning, there is no evidence that there is widespread fraud. And to the extent that there is, they have to actually provide some evidence. That hasn't happened. So, look, I, I think to, to the doc's point also, this has been a widely chaotic process. When you end up at the wrong four seasons, um, you're already off to, to a bad start. So, look, it, it, it's just, it, I, I think, again, two things can be true at the same time. That yes, there are people who have run races. Um, we're we're grateful for them for running in places where we traditionally have not filed candidates because Republicans need to show up. It's time for both political parties to stop taking black votes for granted. And I think that we've seen when you're talking about the precipitous increase in the Latino turnout for President Trump or the precipitous rise in African American turnout um, in this election overall, uh, that our votes are going to matter more and more. Uh, but if you're talking specifically about making sure that we're going to go through this process and come out with the unified nation that Joe Biden says that we're supposed to have, uh, then again, I think part of that means that we have to take down the temperature. We have to find a way to have respect for the people we disagree with. And I think that starts with at least acknowledging those amongst those groups who are making arguments but, that but, at least on some basic level um, are within the realm of, of respectability and also just the nature of the process in general. But Chris Metzler, how, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. But Chris Metzler, how do you do that when one side from the top down is the one stirring the dissension? I, I, I'm, in fact, I, I'm reading, uh, 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 there was a, uh, the Washington Post got this story. A Pennsylvania postal worker whose claims have been cited, is that on my iPad, I'm reading from my phone, whose claims have been cited by top Republicans as potential evidence of widespread voting irregularities, admitted to U.S. Postal Service investigators that he fabricated the allegations. According to three officials briefed on the investigation and a statement from a House Congressional Committee. We made it up. Just, 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 just Chris, the timing Chris, Chris, here. Chris, go ahead. Hold on, Joe, I'm going to come back. But Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but this is exactly the point. You can't, you can't have any credibility with that. And if, in fact, you know, there's this thing called vetting that in some, for some reason, we haven't, we've just failed to do that right in this particular administration. Um, and then this goes to, to continue to prove that. It is difficult to do that. Look, at the end of the day, when you say, that it is Democrats who are making all of this up, who are doing all of these kinds of things, and you're doing the same thing that you're accusing them of Democrats, of Democrats of doing, how can you expect to be taken seriously? This is not the way to do this. If you've got a case, bring it forward and stop with the shenanigans already. <laughs> Julian, go. So the, the thing about this, in terms of bringing the evidence, is that there is no evidence. The postal worker story, I'm glad you mentioned that. I just saw it come across on my phone. There's another story about a blind lady who claimed that someone took her vote 
these are these little incidental things. Some of these things are human error, but you're not going to turn an election on a postal worker here, a blind lady there. <laughs> the fact is that, and I say it, I'll say it as often as Joseph said, makes his point. Trump lost. Trump lost. <laughs> Trump lost, and it just can't get to his head. There was something in People magazine, not that I read regularly today, from Ivana Trump, who said he hates to lose and he'll do everything he can to keep from losing. So we've seen this, but even as we see this, we know that there's some, some flaws in the system that need to be worked out. Mail-in voting has always worked, and it always has a few little problems. We still haven't counted the overseas votes. I mean, they may not have all come in the if Mr. 45 says he values the military, kind of, well, shouldn't their votes count too? But the fact is that he doesn't value the military. He doesn't value his own constituents. And we're stuck with a situation where Joe Biden has to figure out how to make us less divided. But how could we be less divided when 70 million people, I'm not saying they're all racist, but 70 million people voted for, frankly, a doofus. Kelly, one of the ways we are able in this country, one of the ways we're able to sort of set things aside is when we accept, we accept decisions. What you have here is a is Donald Trump and a party who's saying, Psh, the hell with any sense, any, the hell with all norms. We are rejecting all. For them, Donald Trump is literally refusing to allow intelligence briefings of Joe Biden, even though the election has been called for Joe Biden. That, that, that is the, when you talk about, first of all, candidates get intelligence briefings. He's like, nah, not gonna happen. Talk about petty. This, this is a whole nother level. I get what Joseph is saying. I agree with one of the reasons that he, look, I'll never forget the video backstage, Kelly, of the inauguration, Hillary Clinton, she's standing there and she's girding herself. And she takes this really deep breath because she's about to walk through a door that she thought she was going to be walking through as president of the United States. And the fact that that woman could still go to the inauguration in her capacity as a former first lady of the United States, that says you put the country over petty, over party, over person. There is nothing about Donald Trump says that he would actually have that level of integrity. Kelly, go ahead. Well, the reason that Hillary Clinton was able to do that is because she is gracious. She has integrity. She is an American. She understands what it means to be American, what it means to be a politician, what it means to be a servant to the people. Donald Trump did not come into this office with any of those values, with any of those thoughts, with any of what I just listed in mind. He came in for him. That's it. Making America great again for him. That was the caveat to his slogan, that people just failed to to reiterate and express outright and explicitly. So it does not surprise me that Trump is doing this. It does not surprise me that Hillary Clinton had that much grace that day. I can tell you right now, I would like to think I'm a very gracious person. I can tell you right now, it couldn't be me. It could not be me, but it was her. 
but it will not be Trump. So what we need to do as Democrats and as Americans is to hold him as accountable as we can, given the circumstances. Because what's happening right now is that he is trying to burn everything down with him in it, if necessary, just so that Biden does not succeed. That is what it means to be a coward. That is what it means to be treasonous to this country. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's what it means to be Trump. Because that is who he is. That is what he does. Nothing that is happening right now that he is doing should surprise anyone. Because we've had at least five years, even before he became president, to just have a glimpse, a taste of what he's capable of. And now we're actually receiving it. So we need to be ready for what happens next. Chris, I want to read this here. Uh, The lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick. I've known Dan for a long time. And you want to talk about an idiot? Look at this here. Dan Patrick is offering he'll pay up to a million bucks to encourage and reward those who report voter fraud. If info leads to arrest conviction for voter fraud, expect at least 25,000, he says. Uh, it's never a good idea, Chris, to be an elected <laughs> official and offer money for somebody to come and present voter fraud. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> I mean, as an elected official, you're saying that. And again, I go back to what you have all this evidence. Why you have to pay people to bring the evidence for us? Have it or do you not have it? Mm-hmm. And as an elected official, for you to be essentially offering a, you know, a bounty, I, I, where did you do that at? <laughs> It, it is, it, it, Joseph. It, Joseph, it is pretty. It, it is pretty sad to see the sheer desperation of people who you thought. I mean, you look at how pathetic a Lindsey Graham is. I mean, how pathetic. I guess he was on Sean Handy's show. I'm contributing five hundred thousand or something like that because we've got to get to the bottom of this voter fraud. Lindsey, sit your ass down. You won by fourteen points. <laughs> I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, we're spending a lot of time talking about what President Trump has, whether it's grace, lack of grace, the elected officials. I think, to me, I'm more focused on the people than the politicians. And I think if there is any chance that we're going to be able to galvanize enough people to be able to see that, yes, the 70 million votes cast for President Trump were fair and just, and the 74 million-plus votes that were cast for former Vice President Joe Biden, now presumably going to be President-elect Joe Biden, were also just and valid, then it's going to take uh, the grace of us as a nation of people to be able to say, you want us to recount the votes in Georgia, we'll recount the votes for you. There's going to be an automatic recount anyway. You want to recount in Pennsylvania, we'll recount the votes. There's likely going to be a, a recount there anyway. I think it's around 0.6 of a percent right now, the difference between uh, Joe Biden and President Trump, Arizona, um, even even a smaller margin. So I, I think, again, being able to demonstrate that the process works, um, <laughs> that you go from from case to case, um, it, whether these cases get tossed out on their face because, as Dr. Metzler said, you have to actually have evidence to present cases. This is all a, a reinforcement of American democracy at its finest, even if the people who are executing the plays are not acting in the best model of American behavior. Julian, final comment on this. This is where leaders.
This is where leaders We've known since he came on the national scene as a presidential candidate in 2012, I believe, we've, we've known that Donald Trump was not wrapped too tight. But we, somebody needs to just get a straitjacket and walk him out of the White House. Now, two, two quick things. Number one, instructing the GSA not to cooperate after we have a nominee, I mean, a, an elected president, is ridiculous. The GSA has not made any transition funds available. Number two, to have um, them tell the department heads, prepare your budget as if Trump is still the president. This is just delusional. This is totally delusional, but it's where we are. It's literally where we are. And I hope that American people, Democrat and Republican, are paying attention to this man and the damage he's done to our democracy. Uh, I go to my next story here. Today, the Senate will vote on yet another white male judge nominated by Donald Trump for political month left until the new administration is in place, which we're going to try to get as many judges as possible on the federal bench. Um, Chris, you're Republican. Joseph, you're Republican. Seriously? Damn near 220 judges. One black person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look, we, we have a, a real lack of diversity problem in the. <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, no. Talking about There's it. a diversity problem and one? Out of 220? No, it, 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 it is completely, and I've said this before and before and before, and obviously nobody's listening to what I'm saying, um, it's more than a diversity problem. It's a systemic problem. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I always have to say to the party, uh, criminal justice is cute, um, and it has its place, but as it relates to the persons who are making those decisions in the first place, don't tell me you can't find any. Where did you look? Under a rock? Because I got 700 I can give you right now. <laughs> here's my deal. Here, here, here's my deal, Joseph. 1% is 2. Mm-hmm. They ain't even at 1%. Right. I mean, look, I mean... There are a lot of people that pretend that somehow Clarence Thomas is the only qualified black man to sit on the sit on the court. Um, he is not, and so I, I think at, at some basic point, I mean, even you know, even the the choice of Amy Coney Barrett, I think that we had a, a well qualified judge sitting down in Florida that, for a lot of reasons, probably would have been a better choice uh, than she was. But look, at the end of the day, uh, this it is what it is on, on some basic level. I mean, we're all we're at some point we're just talking about derivatives of the same problem um, that we've all been talking about on some basic level for the last four and a half years. Um, so if you look, at some point you just have to accept the fact that. Um, when it comes to getting the type of representation uh, that we deserve in government um, as it relates to the type of diversity of thought and diversity of opinions and diversity of, 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 of representation, we're just not going to get it. Uh, but see, here's the deal, though. See, Kelly, this is kind of, this is by design. They want, and, and Mitch McConnell said, they want 35 to 45 year old largely white men. This is by design. This ain't this ain't no accident. No, it's not by accident. Nothing that this uh Republican legislature has done, especially the Senate, nothing they have done is by accident or by happenstance. All of this is deliberate. 
you have a white male, very right leaning judge on the bench, you have a tendency to basically work against the interests of every other demographic um, in, in the American constituent. Like black women are considered, people of color of either gender aren't considered, youth typically aren't considered. No one's considered except rich white men when you have that kind of person on any bench, uh, federal or otherwise. And when you when that happens, you you come up against some really terrible law that gets made by way of case law. And and that's how we get Trump. That's how we get Mitchell uh, McConnell's. Uh, it, 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 it's sad the way that this Congress or this Senate specifically really does not care about the people who voted for them because not even they are going to be taken into consideration with these appointments. It is literally solely for self-interest alone. Uh, Julian, uh, again, I think what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with the federal society. Uh, look, they, they, look, Mitch, Mitch McConnell and Republicans, they want white men ruling in these federal cases. They ain't looking for no black folks. They ain't looking for Latinos. They ain't looking for white women. They want white men. Exactly. And you know, Roland, this is, you know, we got to go back in history to look at what happened after Reconstruction and to look at the way the laws were stacked against black people. Now they're stacked against people. I mean, when you look at what they've done to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, when you look at just any number of things that they've done, 45 is in with all of his buffoonery because he's delivering to Republicans what they want. They wanted a white male judiciary. They want a conservative judiciary. They want an anti-abortion judiciary. Uh, they wanted... Um, they, they wanted to go back to the 1950s. Make America Great Again is a slogan that says, let's go back to the day when, you know, Kizzy was in the kitchen and, um, you know, Kunta was in the fields. That's what they want. And basically, McConnell has been able to effectuate that. And 45 isn't making these choices, as you said, Roland. The Federalist Society is. So, with the, so are there any black people in the Federalist Society? So, so with that, I'm just I'm curious, Joseph and, and Chris, I'll ask you, this is the last question on this topic before I go to a break. Why haven't black Republicans, as a collective, said something publicly and say, hey, how in the hell can we talk about the party being diverse, and we want to go after black, and you've only been able to find one black federal judge. Have, has, has, have there been any conversations among black Republicans saying we should speak as one voice publicly? <laughs> uh, I mean, go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I think I can speak for myself. I think plenty of, of, of black Republicans have, have said things publicly about the lack of diversity that started before. That wasn't my question. That wasn't my question. That wasn't my question. It wasn't my question. I mean, the question is to say, I go out there and, and speak collectively. I think black people have spoken. No, yes, no. Where, time. where? No, are you are you telling me that black you, Republicans have spoken as a collective, uh, uh, saying uh, the lack of diversity, the lack of black federal judges is wrong, and they want to see more black uh, black judges considered by Republicans for the federal bench? When? Well, I, I missed that. I mean. I mean, and to be clear, I mean, no, I don't think that we've seen the type of engagement when it comes to black people demanding more color uh, on the bench, but I don't think that, that was that my is question. 
Yeah, I, but I don't think that that's a, a partisan issue. I, I think specifically. Yes, it is. Look, I, I don't, I don't I, think I, that we've... Black, black folks have been... Are you trying to say black folks haven't demanded that for Democrats? What, I, what I'm trying to explain to you is the fact, number one, we need more color on the bench, period. Number two, we certainly need more black black men, black women on the bench uh, just across the board. That's at the federal level. That's at city levels. That's, that's, just, that's just a given. We know this uh, concretely. What I'm saying is that I, th- there's, number one, an actual a schism, if you say, within the black Republican conservative movement as a whole right now as a result of what's happened over the last four years. So that's a completely separate issue. And I think as a general rule, any conversation that we've actually had over the last four years has been dwarfed um, by the fact that we are living in a 24-7 Trump news cycle. Uh, They basically basically drives anything else you'd want to talk about um, out of the the public opinion. But Chris, I ain't even heard it come our way and win in the Trump cycle. Chris, go ahead. No, there there has not been that conversation, in part due to what Joseph said. Look, in this administration, um, this administration has been, as it relates to um, black people in particular, more fascinated with entertainers than substance. And so what you've seen are a number of so-called new black conservatives um, who have, you know, soaked up a lot of the oxygen in the room to no avail. And like I have told a number of them, you can expect black people to join the party when you're telling black people how stupid, ignorant, and uneducated they are and they need to leave the so-called black plantation. And as a result of that, the conversation of a number of very reasonable, true black conservatives have been muted. And as a matter of fact, I am sure that after this I am receiving significant hate mail about that. But you know what? The difference between me and a number of people who run in that circles I don't need anything from any administration, period, end of story. So I'm going to say what I got to say. All right, Dr. Chris Metz, sure appreciate the man. Thank you so very much for joining us. My pleasure. Going to a break. We come back. We'll talk Pfizer and their promising vaccine for coronavirus. That is next. Plus, crazy-ass white person. Ooh, a Republican in Pennsylvania. Did he send out the wrong tweet? under his main account? Does he have a burner account where he pretends to be a black gay Republican? (laughs) Wait till I explain. I'll roll with my car. So because of friendships like yours, that's what made me figure out that, you know, my vote did matter and that it was important for me to vote and and get out there, even if I wasn't doing everything, you know, perfectly, just trying and then learning from the mistakes, whatever mistakes that I made and trying again and getting better the next time that I went out to vote or to speak about something, you know, political. That's the start. That's the way that we do it because we can't go back and undo, like I can't go back in time and make myself be at the polls no. when I wasn't. So that's why, that's where but the start. comes in. But nah. I can start now. And that's when, you know, I started when I started and now I... I'm a part of more, you know, political drives to get other people to vote. 
I'm not the world's smartest when it comes to politics. I'm the first to admit that. I'm not even the second or third. But <laughs> I'm trying, and I think that that's, that's really the message here. Back then, I didn't understand how much the system works against those without power and money. That the rules were different for some of us. Too often, that's still true today, especially in Washington. I approve this message because it's time for that to change. I'm John Ossoff. Too many are struggling to afford prescriptions. One change in the law can make a huge difference. See, Medicare is America's biggest buyer of prescriptions. But the drug companies bought off Congress, and they made it illegal for Medicare to negotiate lower prices. It's straight-up corruption. Fighting corruption is my job. I approve this message because I'm not taking donations from corporate PACs, and I won't let the drug companies rip us off anymore. The numbers prove millennials are the largest group in America. They're now larger than baby boomers, and if, if you don't use your power, they will run you over. Complete truth. And I think that's why what we're seeing so much, especially when you look at who's controlling the health of the country and how the country is being controlled, it is because... You know, the powers that be and those that know how the system works are taking advantage of the system for their own interests. So part of it when it comes to this millennial generation is education. You've got to understand why it's so important. Understand what's really at stake. So the things that you're seeing that they may be seeing right now that make you angry, here's how you can affect change. And what I love is that what you're seeing what's coming out of Parkland, you know, is these, this, these younger groups. You know, of millennials becoming much more politically savvy, much more politically activated and organized. Organization is key. It's like, you know, an ant by itself can't do anything. But ants working together, you know, can do things well beyond their own capacity. And I think the same thing goes for this younger generation to become united and activized on what's happening. And what I love what you're seeing right now is that when you look at a Taylor Swift, right, or you look at a Rihanna, or you look at those like a Kerry Washington, this generation, which gets so much inspiration from entertainment, you know, this generation is influenced. I mean, it, every generation has their influence. Yeah. But I would argue, by and large, when you talk about Harry Belafonte or you talk about, you know, how it was, you know, in the 60s, 70s, and even 80s, there was, you know, you had the entertainers, you, you had the church, you had the activists. In our day and time, you know, the church is somewhat oh, losing its, its, its influence. Entertainment influence is growing. The activists are losing their influence. So where do most, you know, this younger generation go? They go to entertainment. You know, and so the influencers entertainment can actually move the needle. And when you see people be, become active, I love how this younger group of people are saying, wait a minute, we don't like what just happened with Kavanaugh. We're going to do something about it. We don't like the fact that there's no gun control. We're going to do something about it. And I do think that as tragic as these events are, they are becoming more galvanizing to get this younger group of voters, which is so influential, to get out and do what we know they can do, which is to help move the needle in a, in a massive way. Sets right here. These headsets allow folks uh, to be able, of course, to uh, 
watch the virtual reality content, drop your phone right into the slot, put this uh, headset on, you can actually be literally in the room uh, where uh, the video was shot. And also, of course, they have their headset here, the 360-degree 4D headphones right here, a tremendous sound, bass sound goes all the way around, uh, you can use it for gaming, of course, videos, music, you name it, you can get these products, folks, at Seek.com, C-E-E-K.com, that's C-E-E-K.com. Please support them. They are partners with us here at Roller Bumper Unfiltered. We certainly thank them uh, for being uh, partners on this show. All right, folks, as of today, there are 10.3 million cases of coronavirus in the United States. 240,000 people have died. We told you yesterday about the death of Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. Uh, he, of course, he had battled, he had battled cancer, but uh, he actually died of COVID diagnosed uh, a couple days ago. I actually got an email uh, from a, there was a uh, Republican uh, who said, excuse me, that was a uh, another uh, evangelical who sent an email out to his followers uh, and someone forwarded me uh, that particular email. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this for you uh, in a second once it uh, pulls up on my iPad here. Uh, and give me one second, folks. Here we go. Uh, and so uh, this was the email uh, that they sent. Uh, Anthony, go to my iPad. Uh, it said, uh, greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. This is from Christian International. Go to iPad, please. Uh, you may have heard by now that Bishop Heyman was hospitalized due to COVID-19. Uh, he has had steady. Uh, do we have the phone? Go to iPad, please. Thank you. He has had steady improvement over the past couple days and is feeling stronger and breathing easier. He has an amazing team of doctors who are using all the new drugs to help him heal faster. He has not been in crisis at all, but of course we have rallied prayer to fortify him against this attack. Our prayers are prevailing. We cannot let up until we see the full manifestation of his healing. Now they posted a photo of him with Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. You often saw him on this show, my show TV once and this one now. Uh, it says here uh, that um, we also received sad news today that Bishop Harry Jackson passed away. He is he has been battling for his health for a while now and had some recent complications, including a COVID positive test two days ago. Initial thoughts are that his heart failed due to these challenges. Please be praying for his new wife, his family, and his church. He was a true general in the body of Christ and was dearly missed. He also, of course, uh, was uh, one of Trump's uh, supporters. He was a uh, evangelical supporting him. Uh, part of his one of his spiritual advisors. Uh, there's a video of him uh, praying, if you will. Uh, I think it was, it was Easter. He was, he was praying uh, in uh, in the White House. But the reality is, he was at that event, that is September 26 super spreader event that took place uh, at the White House by Amy Coney Barrett, uh, and he was there. Now, of course, folks. Uh, uh, even though we have the early promising results from Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial, a number of questions unanswered about it, as well as when the average person can get a shot. Now, Pfizer's vaccine is a new type of technology. Joining us now is infectious disease specialist, Dr. Alexia Gaffney. Doc, glad to have you back on Rollerbunk Unfiltered. Tell us what you know about uh, this particular vaccine. Uh, Pfizer announced uh, 90% uh, effective, uh, they, effective rate. They think they'll be able to have a massive number of doses dosages in 2021. Your thoughts on it so, thus far? So, um, the vaccine uh, is an mRNA vaccine. 
which is not how we typically produce vaccines. So what this vaccine does when you're when a patient is injected with this mRNA, it is basically the blueprint that the body needs to make a particular protein. So our body cells will make what is equivalent to the spike protein that is on the surface of the coronavirus. And in response to the presence of this abnormal protein, the body's immune system will then begin to make antibodies, uh, which is how our body fights infections, as well as produce uh, possibly T cells, so the types of white blood cells that tell our body, hey, there's a foreign invader here. And that, according to this initial data from Pfizer, shown efficacy rates of at or above 90% in their very preliminary clinical trials. What does that mean? Does it mean that you take this before you get COVID or do you take it after you contracted COVID? So this is a vaccine. This is not a treatment. So an uninfected person, um, someone who is healthy and well, would get two doses of this vaccine to help their body mount and response so that when they encounter the virus in everyday life, their body is already prepared to fight off the infection. So think about um, even though it's a different vaccine technology, it's being compared to the measles vaccine, right? Most of us have not had measles because we got a vaccine to protect us from it so that if and when we were exposed to it, we would not become or we would not have a um, significantly symptomatic infection because our body is already prepared to fight off the infection. So does that mean that if, if I Any idea how long am I protected? Does it give me three months, six months, a year? Do I have to keep taking it once a month? Do we know anything? So all we know right now from 94 positive cases of is that the people who say is that hopefully the 90% will hold true once... Hold on, hold on, no, no, hold on. You said did not receive the vaccine, meaning did not contract COVID. Right, so the participants who contract they received the actual vaccine in the trial. 90% got COVID infection were vaccinated with their study drug. So um, the initial data is hopefully what we'll, what we'll see when the population at large is vaccinated that will continue to see 90% efficacy. Although um, 
you know, that, those numbers may change as we look at a larger sample of people in the trial and as we start to get vaccine out to the general population. The other questions that you're asking, Roland, we just simply don't have enough data to answer. Um, this information was released Sunday based on an independent review of this Pfizer study. And so as we received the information, the folks at Pfizer were receiving the information, but they can't yet tell us you know, how long the immunity will last. So they are planning to follow their study cohort for two years. And over that two year time, we will get more information as we go. But we don't know how long the efficacy will last because the trial has not gone on long enough to prove that. What we know right now is that um, people who receive the vaccine will need two doses of the vaccine. Um, those doses will probably be given three to four weeks apart. And we just have to hope that the efficacy that was seen in this small cohort of patients in this trial continues to hold true as more and more people get vaccinated. All right. And Dr. Gaffney, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Uh, Joseph, I got a kick out of the fact that you had Don Trump Jr. who was complaining, oh, so now y'all released this information. Geraldo said that if this was released two weeks ago, it would have guaranteed uh, Trump victory. And in fact, uh, Mike Pence released a statement saying, yeah, this, th th this was because of our operation. And Pfizer came back and said, no, actually, th this didn't happen because of your operation, whatever they call it, because we want to be participating in your, in your... I mean, it was sort of like the Trump administration was taking credit something they had nothing to do with. Well, look, I, there was, I mean, there was, it was a two-part thing, right? So it's like they weren't necessarily a part of Warp Speed, but then the contract that they were actually given, had the funds allocated for, came out of Warp Speed. Look, it, it's a mixed bag, I think, again, to the point that's been beaten home today, is that obviously when it comes to the Trump administration, it's very difficult. Dealing with Giuliani here is uh, the reality that, um, yeah, we are used to them lying, taking for things that they had nothing to do with. But bottom line is, we kind of got a reason not to trust them because they kind of been lying a lot. I really, I mean, everybody has bleach in their kitchen. So, I mean, if we, if we believe them, everybody would shot up bleach. So, just saying. But, Roland, the, the thing that uh, the doctor uh, pointed out, 94 cases is a very small number of cases with COVID. Uh, we really need to see a lot more information. And then there's the issue of distribution. From what I understand, this vaccination will have to be kept somewhere way below freezing. I forgot how many degrees. Way below freezing. And most places do not have the capacity for that level of coldness. So are we going to have to develop um, refrigerated trucks or something? Very refrigerated trucks you know, to, to get this out? Dr. Fauci was on CNN today, and he basically said he didn't expect vaccinations to get out really until April, except for extreme cases um, or people who are at special risk. So this is good news for Pfizer. It's good news for us, for America. Uh, Joseph has raised a very good point about efficacy for black folks. Um, and Fauci today talked about older people as well. But we don't know whether this is going to be good for older people. Um, so there are a lot of questions to be asked. And I think Frankly, the least important thing we have to get into the mindset role of, of, of keeping that man out of out of our mouths and keeping him, you know, basically, Mister Mister uh, Forty Five. It's over. <laughs> it's all over, Casanova. 
So just go grab whatever you want to grab, whatever you want to grab it, just get out, get out of our space. And he will do that sooner rather than later. Kelly. I agree with Dr. Malvo on that one. He just needs to go. Um, again, this is not surprising that the Trump administration would try to piggyback off of work that they had no uh, participation in, did not even try to uh, front that they had any role in making it a success whatsoever. They did, they're doing it with this. They did it with the HBCU bill. They've done it pretty much their entire administration with everything that you know, they claim is a win. So it, it, it is what it is in that regard. Um, but, but when it comes to this vaccine specifically, I am happy that it exists. Um, but I echo the sentiments of the other panelists here in that the, the, the logistics in making sure that every American gets it um, are steep. Um, and I don't know exactly how that's going to work, given that we are in the middle of a pandemic and some of the ways in which things need to be done are, are limited right now. Um, and we are still at 10 million cases and to almost a quarter of a million deaths in this country. So we're already behind the ball significantly in getting this vaccine created, let alone distributed. So um, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out, hopefully in time for it to mitigate some kind of damage. All right, folks, y'all know what time it is. Oh, that's